0: From Triple J, it's the Take 5 podcast. The people you love, play five songs they love, and tell you why.
1: Welcome back. I'm Zan Rowe, and every week I invite someone great in to pick five songs around a particular theme. Music soundtracks our life, and often triggers memories and moments that change the course of our lives for the better. 2017 has been a big year of travel for Vance Joy. Touring overseas, working on music, he's not spent a lot of time back home in Melbourne. So, to wind out Oz Music Month, I thought I'd ask James to take five and bring us home. Songs that cure his homesickness, remind him of childhood memories, or tunes that have soundtracked some pivotal moments in his own career. You're going to hear highlights of these songs and the stories behind why he chose them. Vance Joy has also just released a new song, Like Gold
2: me if you need me that's the way it was that's the history how we
1: And given he's been so busy I asked him how long this song had been around for
2: I guess the the first part of that song I wrote at the start of 2015 I'd been in LA doing some uh, songwriting uh, it was just like one of those things where uh, you get into a room with like a bunch of different people and it was kind of writing for pop acts and I, it was the first time I'd ever tried that. I've only done it a couple of times but um, it was a whirlwind experience and it actually really was awesome I went, I came back from that trip with a couple of songs in my pocket, uh, one of them was Fire in the Flood so I was like oh, it was a really awesome creative experience and I came home I must have just been nicely shaken up and um, I just remember being at home and I started playing the chords to lo- what became like gold and just humming the melody and then uh, I held it, I guess I had it in my pocket for about a year and a bit, and then I went into a studio with uh, a guy called Dan Wilson, who's a really great songwriter. He was in a band called Semisonic that wrote that song Closing Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a really great setup at his house in LA, and we um, I just showed him that idea, and um, I don't know, we just had a really good chemistry that day and um, basically came out of that day with uh, the complete song. So, yeah, it was a, it was nice. It's nice when you have an idea lying around for ages and it actually comes to fruition.
1: And it happens more often than not, doesn't it? Whenever I speak to songwriters, you know, very often there's songs that have got a little bit that's sort of been born a couple of years ago and then you add to it. You know, songs can often take a while. They're not all that sort of half an hour sitting hungover on your front porch like Bernard Fanning and when he wrote <laughs> Wish You Well. It doesn't always happen that way. Oh,
2: God, what a song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would kill for that to happen. I think he feels kind of
1: guilty that he wrote that on a hangover in uh, in oh, half man. an hour's time. But Sometimes it hits you like a bolt of lightning. Sometimes it's just sort of seeded over over years. But we're glad that we've yeah. heard it now and we're hearing it in 2017. You mentioned that you were writing with, I guess, some ideas to give music to pop songwriters. Is ghostwriting something that you've been exploring as well?
2: Over the last year and a half, I, any songwriting sessions I did were – kind of more aimed at getting ideas for myself out and even when i was writing for the other artists when it was good i felt like when it worked fire in the flood wasn't wasn't initially going to be for me which is uh, i guess the song i wrote two years ago and that song i guess it was like okay this can be for anyone and then when i left i felt kind of like oh i've given up this riff that i really liked and i feel really proud of those lyrics like they were lyrics that i was holding on to for a while for my my own stuff and so i was I remember leaving in my in the car to like the airport and i called my manager and i was like Like, yeah, just like I know that these songs weren't necessarily for me, but can we just put my hat in the ring just in case, (laughs) you know, because it'd be cool because I feel like there's a bit of my heart in these songs and I don't want to say goodbye to them.
1: So I thought to wind out this Oz Music Month of November, we get Vance Joy to literally take five and bring us home. Five songs that remind him of the place that he lays his hat. And we're beginning with an Australian icon who we just celebrated actually last weekend on Sunday night broadcasting his Live at the Opera House show to Australia on ABC TV and simulcast on Double J. I'm talking, of course, about the poet that is Paul Kelly. Dumb Things is a tune that you have picked for us to kick off with.
2: I'm a big fan. I've been listening to his music since I was a little kid. Dumb Things in particular was a song that from the album Under the Sun and we had that playing a lot when I was just little and I remember running around the house dancing to Dumb Things and it was just a song I had really no idea what it was about. But I just totally connected with it, and such a great melody. And yeah, I just love love his music. You know, even when I didn't really know much about him. And then, yeah, I guess I've read his book, and I've kind of like gotten fanatical and uh, listened to so many of his songs. And I just love his kind of poetic imagery that he uses. And yeah, I feel like his his turn of phrase is such a beautiful thing, and it's such an Australian turn of phrase. When you hear it, it's like it makes me think of home, definitely. This next song is Sia with Elastic Heart. listening to her music Uh, it would have been i've always been a fan but uh especially it was like summer 2011 and i was uh down at the beach with my family and um we were listening to her her album some people have real problems Mm. i think my brother was on her wikipedia page and there was a section on the page about how she had a thing called a snaggle tooth (laughs) <laughs> and then I was what like, "What is a
1: snaggletooth?" tooth? phrase, yeah. but what does it actually mean?
2: Yeah, so I didn't know either. A snaggletooth is a tooth uh, that sticks out at a different angle from the other teeth. Oh yeah, and and uh, so I remember I had about two songs in my my kit at that point. I was kind of putting together a song, and uh, I decided to use that word in the song. And uh, <laughs> it's yeah about someone with a snaggletooth, and someone, the person singing the song is admiring them, and you know loving all their imperfections. And uh, so when I think of see, I think of. Oh, I'm grateful that she, that I went on that page and my brother did and I, I came up with that song. And um, <laughs> yeah, I just love, but I love her voice and just the power and the emotion. And it's like, I feel like more and more I gravitate towards a lot of great female singer songwriters when they really just rip it. Like I love Lady Gaga in that song, Joanne, or A Million Reasons, and just like tearing it and. Same with Sia. I mean, no one does it better than her. Mm. I mean, the, the bridge in Alive, it's like, what? This is like foot to the metal, like this is on the edge and I just just straight to the heart.
1: It's that soaring sound. She's talked about it before in her songwriting. Her formula is victim to victory. And when she kicks into yeah. the victory mode... Everyone's behind her. The shivers are down the spine. <laughs> it's an incredible moment in every one of her songs. I when love she that. when she tours next week, um, does those two big stadium shows in Melbourne and Sydney. She's going to have Amy Shark as one of the many female support acts an all female stadium show, which is cool to see. So good on those two shows. And Amy's someone who you just played a bunch of shows with as well in North America. She's been yep. doing some great things with her breakthrough song "Adore" over there in the northern hemisphere. Was it kind of nice for you to have someone from home to join you on that tour as well?
2: Yeah, it was. It was great yeah i'm a fan of her music and so it was a pleasure watching her every night and she's a chiller and it was it was kind of very relaxed and friendly backstage and two of the guys playing in her band uh one of them toured with us uh playing bass guitar uh when we toured in america in 2015 so it felt like a big community of friends and that's like the best thing it's like when you can actually get a crew of friends it happened uh, in Australia as well with like uh, touring with Number One Dads and Airling, mm. uh, and just when you get everyone together, it's like it's so it's so fun. It's like this is like school camp. Like we're really just like going to the venue, and you know everyone's hanging out doing things during the day. And there was that kind of vibe with Amy and her her husband and and her band.
1: What do you do on your days off? Are you exploring the places that you're in, having fun, or are you just chilling out and sleeping in the hotels? Uh,
2: I think you got to get out a bit. So I've been. Uh, Doing some very mediocre skateboarding, um, but <laughs> at least you own it. Which is it. To, the, to the to the fear, yeah, exactly. Got to own it. Like I'm not going to like I'm not. There's no false advertising here. But my trumpet player is like decent. He's got some chops. And um, just recently, uh, the bass player Jono and Will, uh, who's on saxophone and guitar, they also bought skateboards. So there's four of us in skate crew. So if there's a day off, <laughs> you got your
1: own skate squad. Cute. <laughs> got it.
2: Own skate squad. Jono got the best deck ever. It's like this pink grip tape. Like it's like the most. Badass deck in the world (laughs) But like We just like You know Especially some of these places In between cities Like you'll be in a place In Texas Which you know It's just like a mall And there's like Endless car parks And it's like this is, we've got to do something, you know, to like make today special. So yeah. <laughs> skateboarding, skateboarding is good. Going for hikes. Anyway, anything that can just like change it up a bit.
1: You mentioned Number One Dads and the guy behind that is Tom Jansek. His other band is Big Scary. So let's mm. go into your next choice because you <clears> have chosen that incredible Melbourne duo and their beautiful song, Falling Away. Is This is a song that brings you home. How does it do that?
2: I was a fan uh, before I met the Big Scary guys just from watching. There's a film clip. There's a couple of film clips on YouTube, but there's one of a guy. Just driving, I think he's driving a Vectra around, which is which was Holden Vectra, which was my first (laughs) car, which is an absolute lemon. Which uh, I think my dad never gave up on, and he just like kept taking it to the mechanics. And I was like, Dad, the mechanic said, "Put this in the bin." (laughs) Let it go. I was like, Nah, it's still good. So I I related to that film clip, you know, based on just loving the song and obviously that. But um, (laughs) when I was lucky uh, in 2013 i got to do the opening solo slot on bernard fanning's australian tour mm. and uh big scary were the main support and uh, i got on the plane to brisbane at the start of the tour and it was tom and joe gus who was playing bass and uh cal their sound guy and then i was like the uh i was welcomed as like the fifth fifth wheel and um we drove around in the bus together in a little van and You know, stayed at hotels together, and I was totally just uh, a great team team vibe, and they definitely you know put me under their wing, and yeah, i just loved. I saw so much of Australia with them, and became really good friends with them, and so yeah, I just I love their music, and I got to watch their set every night. We got to watch Bernard play. We loved watching Songbird, so yeah, just good memories. Saw so much of Australia that I don't think I'm not going to go back to. Uh, I'd love to do a big regional tour and and go to like Northern Queensland and Mm. all those spots we went to, but yeah, just made some really solid friendships with those guys.
0: They say it's good for your heart, they say
2: song uh, I've chosen is Johnny Flynn's The rot and the Writ."
0: Taking pictures of the man from God, the hope his cassock's clean But a holy fellows, your halo better gleam, better gleam What of all those wayward priests but The ones who like to drink, do you suppose to swap the blood for wine you swapped yours for ink, for ink You wrote me, oh, so many letters And all of them seemed true the Promises look good on paper Especially from you, from you The weight of all those willing words I carried all along. You wouldn't put your pen to bed When we hadn't found our own, our own
1: How does yeah. Johnny Flynn take you home? I've never heard this song before.
2: Yeah, this song. Um I first heard it, I was working as a gardener and I used to put my iPod in when I was working and uh, my sister had downloaded a bunch of songs on iTunes and uh, so I had an iPod filled with songs and I had, hadn't heard of Johnny Flynn but I ended up listening to a few of his songs uh, at work and um, I fell in love with that song, Wrote in the writ. I remember thinking at the time, like, I was like, I love the way this song feels, like the instrumentation and just the builds and, and stuff and um, I went home that day after work and I don't know why but I just typed in Northcote Social Club and... Um, <laughs> Totally randomly he was playing that night. Like, it was so crazy especially to me he incepted incepted me he incepted me and like not only was he playing but um a guy who I'm I'm friends with and who you know would always see him play around Melbourne his name's Jim Laurie he was going by Grizzly Jim Laurie then Mm. but he was he was the opening opening act and um I was like this is a calling from God or something (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's like I thought there was some kind of some thing happening and uh I remember going to the gig it was really quiet it was like it was a rainy night and uh it was just like people sitting on the floor at the Northcote Social Club and uh, just watching him play. And I was like, man, this is crazy. I was just listening to your songs today. And then just watching his finger picking style is it's really like lots of really cool tricks and like really quick hammer-ons and and pull-offs, like just stuff that it just sounds really, I don't know. I I was really impressed. And I went and learned his songs and tried to learn how to play those, that style. And it's really, I can't play it as well as him, but I feel like that helped me with my finger picking and mine is like a less complicated version yeah and then three years later i went to record uh mess is mine and another song uh at a place called bear creek in seattle and mm. um it was at a point where I, I didn't really pay much attention to who i was going in the room with i just remember being like it's a bit of a whirlwind and uh my a and i guy was like oh we're gonna try this guy ryan hadlock uh in seattle this producer and i was like oh yeah cool i'll just go along and I was there with a for a week with my drummer, and I remember being in the control room, and there was a bunch of Johnny Flynn uh, CDs in the back of the control room, and I was like, "Oh, you're like a fan." And he's like, "He's like, yeah, I, re- I like produced that first album." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, man, that's like my favorite." I was like, "That's my favorite song." I was like, "I actually like that production." Like people, you know, I never knew what to answer when people said, "What production style do you like?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like. I just know the songs that I like but that was an example and I was like it supported my idea that there was some kind of you know meaning to it all.
1: Absolutely. Have you ever met him? It seems like you guys should meet someday.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. I'd be a, would be a total weirdo. I think I don't know. He's <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: If you told him these <laughs> stories you'd be all like, that. "Have you been stalking
2: me?" <laughs> I know. I know it's bad. Unlike Sia, if I told Sia I wrote a song about her snaggle too, she'd be like, "Mate, <laughs> Restraining order, mate. (laughs)
1: Stay away. You can tell, though, you're obviously such a fan of of music and you still are so keenly observant of the way that other people are creating you're not just stuck in your own head you're just looking out to see what else else other people are doing in the world as well
2: yeah there's lots of good examples yeah even like i look at that list of australian artists that are making music now and like big scary um think of like nick murphy and uh courtney barnett just such a variety of different sounds from Mm. from melbourne at the same time and i know that from australia really it's not there's no point like getting too specific about what states people are from it's all from australia and it's just um amazing
1: the go-betweens Cattle and Cane, such a beautiful song. How does this bring you home?
2: I guess it was via uh, Jimmy Little that did a cover and Mm. um – but my dad uh, showed me the song and he was like, oh, I want to show you this song. And I remember going into my bedroom and he put it on my my old uh, record player, which is still alive. And we're like throwing stuff out at the moment. And it's like hard to say goodbye to that guy because he's been around since 1997. So many but memories. I, yeah. And so I've, and so that's, he, he played me that song. And I just remember him being like specifically about the line, "Um, his father's watch, he left it in the shower. And I remember my dad was like, clearly like he was moved by the song and like by the imagery and the, the language and uh, even just just the sound of the instruments was like transporting as a kid when you see like whoever you love or whoever you admire being affected by a song it's very yeah it stays with you and you kind of think oh this is an example of music this is like where the bar is so this song i just have always had in my head and i actually got to see see it performed by jimmy little um at a music festival in queenscliff in the queenscliff music festival in 1999 and my Mm. little sister and i we were sitting right at the front of the stage and seeing him sing it and um you know listening to the original it's like such a special strange kind of rhythm and i think yeah I love playing it like just even just playing it on my guitar just that riff and it's like such an amazing song and yeah always brings me home
1: The Go-Betweens, and Kane, an iconic Australian song to finish Vance Joy's Take 5 as he brought us home. Hearing the musicians we love talk about the songs they love is exactly what makes the Take 5 so special. If you want to listen back to other great conversations, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You're going to hear chats with Billy Corgan Amy Shark, Niall Rogers, Laura Jane Grace, Josh Homme and heaps more. They're all there in the archives. Next time, we're taking five with Illy.
0: These are
1: We're hurtling towards the end of 2017, so Illy is going to give us his year in review. Next time.
0: Hey, this is Amy Shark. This is Joshua Homming.
1: Hey, guys, Kate McCarthy here, taking five.
2: Hey, this is Royal Blood. This is
1: Kuchka. Hey, this is Sam. And this is Sarah.
0: And today we're taking five.
2: Hey, this is George Maple. Hi, this is Such Sensitive.
1: This is Rosie Waterland, and I'm taking five with Sam. The Take Five podcast. The people you love play five songs they love and tell you why.